Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you are doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a guy that carpools to work with Sasquatch. He is the captain. Well, if you're not running with Sasquatch, you are running from Sasquatch, my friend. It's good to be seen, and it's good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Tonight, we are drinking Lorelei Barrel-Aged Extra Maple by the brilliant folks at Omnipolo Brewing in beautiful Stockholm, Sweden. Garage grade four and a half bottle caps out of five. This is an imperial porter, and just like Trent Reznor said, it is as black as your soul, but very, very delicious. Taste of coffee, hazelnuts, and of course, maple syrup. And this bad boy was brought to us by these good folks. First up, we have Christy in Massachusetts. And a big shout out to Julia Gulia from Hagerstown, Maryland. And how about a big southern cheers to Natalie in Roswell, Georgia. Cheers, mates. And a big we like you jib to Anthony in Brighton, Colorado. And here's a very long, long distance high five to Kate in Dubai. And last but not least, we have Amanda in McKinney, Texas. Thanks to everybody for helping us out with this week's show. If you want to help us out, With next week's show, go to TrueCrimeGarage.com and click on the donate button. And while you're over at TrueCrimeGarage.com, sign up on our mailing list or subscribe to us on YouTube. And that's enough of the business. All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. This is True Crime Garage. 
and the following is by far not your typical missing persons case. For in this story, you will hear about a missing man, a missing woman, and a missing submarine. You will hear about the intense and heartbreaking search for all three. Then, the explanations and multiple versions of tragic accidents. You will hear the destruction of dreams, the tragic loss of life, and relationships. You will hear the gruesome discoveries, the morbid details, as we dive into the deep waters and into madness. This is the case that has been called the most spectacular case in Danish history. Kim Wall was born in 1987. She grew up in the close-knit community in a small town in Trelleborg. This is in southern Sweden, just across the strait dividing Sweden from Denmark. Now, even when Kim was young, she was very ambitious and driven. She studied international relations, and from there she went on to earn two master's degrees, one from Columbia's internationally renowned School of Journalism. Kim took to journalism immediately. She loved stories. She specialized in stories about the fringes of society, about identity, gender, and societal subcultures. Her stories often conveyed a sense of social justice for these fringe groups, and she won awards for her articles. Her work was published across the world in esteemed publications such as The New York Times, Time Magazine, and The Guardian, just to mention a few. Last year, in 2017, Kim is 30 years old. She is a successful freelance reporter that spent years traveling the world in pursuit of the next great story. She went all over the globe to places like Uganda, Cuba, Kenya, New York City, and North Korea. In August of 2017, Kim was staying in Copenhagen with her partner, Danish designer Ali Stobie. When she began investigating a group of do-it-yourself inventors who were responsible for cutting-edge, privately financed rocket and submarine construction projects, Kim and Ollie had been walking around their neighborhood one afternoon, past the decrepit buildings of an old shipyard. When they came across the rocket building workshops, this got Kim's interest. She reached out to various publications and had email exchanges with editors at Wired Magazine, working toward a freelance assignment to write about the rocket builders. She knew of one of them, who was considered a bit of a local celebrity. He spearheaded the rocket and sub-building projects. This is Peter Madsen, also known as Denmark's Rocket Madsen. Now, there was a clear and obvious direct competition between two of the rival space rocket building companies, this is what attracted Kim Wall. She knew there was a story here, and a good one. Kim and her boyfriend, Ali, were planning on moving to Beijing. The departure date, Captain, was August 16th, and this was approaching, but Kim wanted to finish her article on the Copenhagen suborbitals. That's tough to say, and we're going to have to say it about 30 times today, mm-hmm. <laughs> before she left permanently for China. On August 10th, a Thursday, Kim and Ali were preparing a goodbye party with friends. In the late afternoon, just as they were setting up for a barbecue outdoors along the water, Kim got a text from Peter Madsen in response to her inquiries 
about a possible interview. Mm-hmm. The two had never met. He invited her for tea at his workshop. The hangar where he worked was not far from her place. So she figured she had enough time to go and still be back in time for this party. Now, after a quick half hour meeting with Peter Madsen for tea, Kim returned home to let her boyfriend know that Peter had offered to take her out on his submarine. She said that over tea, Peter had been quote all over the place and that she was nervous to go on the submarine with him, but it was a big opportunity. So after discussing this, Kim decided to forego her own goodbye party for the opportunity to ride on the famous sub and get an exclusive with Peter Madsen. Yeah, and you never let your girlfriend go on any other man's sub or boat. Well, she asked Ali to join her, but apparently at this time Mm -hmm. when this discussion is happening, their friends have already been invited over. They've already set everything up, and it's my understanding that friends had already started to arrive by this point. So Ali says, hey, look, we got all these people coming over. If we both go, uh, we're really doing a disservice to our friends here. Well, it shows you how passionate about her craft Kim was. She's going to drop everything, cut everybody out of her life in this one moment so she can go get her story. Right. Missing a, uh, potentially missing most of, or all of a goodbye party for her right. when she's planning to move very far away just six days later. So I want to discuss this submarine real quick because it's a bit of a big deal for many reasons Mm -hmm. because this is what made Peter Madsen become a minor celebrity. Let's say the May 2008 launch of this submarine made him a minor celebrity. This was manufactured by the suborbital company, which was founded by him and another guy. Now the submarine that they made, they named it the UC three Nautilus. This it's an awful name. This is, or at least at the time. Hold on. If you're going to name a submarine, what's it going to be? Oh, I have never thought about naming a submarine. One, two, three, go. Believe land. <laughs> <laughs> you can't have the word land in any water. <laughs> that's what thing, makes right? it. So, that's what makes it so good. Yeah. Good Co- job. I don't know. I have no idea. That's why I don't name submarines. So, but the thing here, Captain, the Nautilus. At, at one time, or maybe still to this day, it was the world's biggest privately built submarine. Right. The UC-3 is a 58-foot sub weighing 40 tons built from donated iron and other parts. It's diesel slash electric, and the interior featured a galley, bathroom, bunks, mess area, bridge, and engine room. Do we know the square footage of this? I don't I do not but it's I mean 58 foot is a decent sized sub from my understanding but regardless you know we've all seen the hunt for red October and under siege yeah. and well I don't think that took place in a sub maybe at some point it did but regardless <laughs> we know that this is a uh, confined space mm-hmm. okay and even though that it's 58 foot we discussed the rooms that were there you know the the galley which you would expect which is basically a kitchen mm-hmm. uh, you have the bathroom bunks note that they state bunks instead of bedroom. So that should give you an idea that it's a small confined space. Right now, Kim set off to meet Peter at the submarine. She was wearing an orange fleece 
a skirt, and a pair of white sneakers. Apparently, these sneakers were special to her in a way. Like These were something that she always wore when she went out on these different reporting journeys. Like her lucky sneakers. Maybe lucky sneakers, part of the uniform kind of deal. You know, Mm -hmm. people have that thing going on. Um, Around 7 p.m., she texts the boyfriend some photos. And this was of the submarine. She also texts photos of the windmills in the water Mm -hmm. and herself at the steering wheel. These photos of Kim and, and Peter were in some of these photos as well. And I guess they can be found online. I've only been able to find... Uh, one or two of them, not all that I have listed here, but yeah, I've seen a few. An article that I found stated that you could find these pretty easily. Now, Kim continued to text Ollie periodically uh, with her last text reading, I'm still alive, by the way, but going down now. I love you. Mm. He brought coffee, meaning he is Peter Madsen, brought coffee and cookies, though. A while later, Ollie was at the bar- barbecue with all the friends. And one of the friends comes up to him and says, hey, Ali, look, and points out off into the water where he could see the submarine setting off to sea and Kim is waving toward him from the hatch. The goodbye party went late and continued later on at a nearby bar. And since Kim had promised to be gone for only a couple of hours, Ali did begin to get apprehensive about the fact that he had not heard from her since the time of seeing her wave to him in the distance, Mm -hmm. the two were supposed to leave for a wedding very early the next morning. And it was unlike Kim to not stay in touch his thoughts. And this is where my head would go to is perhaps there's no cell service. I mean, you're in a submarine, you know, at the, at the bottom of the, uh, of the sea. Right. Right. Um, well, we have, you know, we don't know what they're, relationship was as far as like texting goes but as far as this day she texted him several pictures mm-hmm. several messages and this is pretty much in a short period of time from when she leaves the the party to get on the submarine so you'd think that right when they come to service right when she gets service to her cell phone that she's going to be texting him something well and we have to keep in mind here too that they lived fairly close to the launch area for this submarine, Mm -hmm. you know, one, uh, she discovered this place when they were just out on a walk in the, in the area near their apartment or whatever they lived in. Mm -hmm. And, and from their party, from their, I'm guessing their backyard area or where they were hosting this barbecue, he could see her from the launch waving to Mm -hmm. him. So, and then we also have the situation of Peter has that quick meeting with her and rather than her just texting or calling Ali to say, Hey, turns out this meeting's going longer and I'm going on the submarine. No, it seems to me she's the type of personality and they must be close enough that she goes, wait, Peter, I have to go home and talk to my boyfriend, let him know what's going on, where I'm going and such. She went a bit out of her way to make sure that there was a good understanding between the two of them. Well, and remember they have a wedding they have to leave for early in the morning. And I don't know what time they have to leave, but you'd assume that she needs to get home so she can get ready. I don't know if she packed. Most people packed the night before. Mm-hmm. So you'd think that would be something else on her plate that she had to do. Yeah, and she took off, like I said, around like 7 p.m. So, uh, or I'm sorry, she texted him photos at 7 p.m. saying, mm-hmm. we're getting ready to go under. And she was only supposed to be gone for a couple of hours, or at least so she told him. 
by 1.40 a.m., he, the boyfriend, Ollie, gets, he's starting to get extremely worried now, not having heard from her. Well, and also, I mean, let's face it, as a boyfriend, you you can also suspect that, you know, not suspect, but you might get worried that, hey, is there some kind of infidelity or something going on? This guy owns a submarine. Well, he decides to call the police, Mm -hmm. uh, and he reports Kim missing. Then a half an hour later, he calls the Navy. Mm -hmm. Now, no one could find Kim, obviously. There was no sign of the submarine either. In fact, separately from Ollie, one of Peter's co-workers found it very strange and very concerning that the sub had not returned yet. So this co-worker alerted authorities that the UC3 Nautilus and Peter Madsen were missing. Well, I, I applaud Ali because not only does he call the police, he calls the Navy. Mm-hmm. He says, hey, what's going on here? Well, and, and you know what's, um, this is kind of a little out of bounds, but when we were discussing this case last week, the first thing that obviously jumps off the page We've never discussed a missing submarine before. We've talked about missing individuals, Mm -hmm. missing adults, children, uh, vehicles of all types. Uh, This, the first thing being the submarine, who would even know where to begin? Thank God you got the Navy you can call. Well, you you start by looking in the water. (laughs) Well, a search for the submarine started and the two missing individuals as well. This began around 4 a.m. that morning. Now, they used helicopters and ships to begin the search, uh, searching waters around Copenhagen, and a call went out for volunteer vessels to join the search. At some point late on that Thursday night into Friday morning, the Nautilus was apparently sailing in the Orsund Strait Mm -hmm. between Sweden and Denmark. And this is, from my understanding, a very busy thoroughfare for ships. The sub nearly collided with a freight ship. A witness on the freighter told police that the submarine had been sailing with no lights on, which is, one, very strange and obviously very, very dangerous in the busy nighttime waters. The freight ship avoided crashing into the sub only because the moonlight hit the submarine in a way that alerted the captain of the freighter to its proximity. And he was somehow able to avoid a collision with the submarine. You'd think they, these vessels would also have some kind of sonar. Uh, well, yeah, uh, I would think some of them would, uh, this report, this was reported. I'm sorry, near the Island of Soltham. This would be, of great concern for searchers because it makes you wonder several things, right? One is the submarine operating correctly. Is it, uh, is it running properly? Right. It also makes you wonder if anyone, if who, or if anyone is actually operating the craft. Yeah. Now they would continue to search for the entirety of the night. Then at 10.30 a.m. on Friday, August 11th, the Nautilus was spotted near a lighthouse in Coe Bay, mm-hmm. near a deserted stretch of shoreline, which is about 30 miles southwest of Refshilan. Thankfully, they were finally able to make radio contact with the sub. Peter reported to the lighthouse that he was heading back to Copenhagen, but the sub 
was having some technical problems. According to a local news report, at 11 a.m., we have a gentleman named Christian Isbach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a local boat owner helping with the search. He saw Peter Madsen swimming toward a nearby fishing boat. Uh, Peter was alive and well. He was pulled aboard the fishing boat. When this boat docked at the nearest port, reporters were waiting to get the story of the missing submarine. A reporter called out to Peter asking if everything was okay. Peter turned around and gave the reporter a thumbs up. He said he was fine, but he was sad because the Nautilus sank. There had been a defect on the ballast tank, he said. Still, there was no sign of Kim Wall, and Peter Madsen made no mention of her to his rescuers. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, I highly recommend that you give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com garage today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash garage. This show is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Check out BetterHelp.com slash garage today. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL Learning. 
kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month. That's code TrueCrimeGarage50 at factormeals.com slash TrueCrimeGarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Captain. So... Later on Friday, the police put out a statement saying that Peter Madsen told them in a lengthy interview that he had dropped Kim off near the Halvendet restaurant on the tip of Refshalon Island at around 10.30 p.m. on Thursday night. So this would be just the night before the submarine sank. Police were not able to find anyone who had seen Kim after this time, after he stated that he had dropped her off. The boyfriend hadn't seen her. Nobody in the area had seen her. She had not spoke to anybody or reached out to anybody. Right. She didn't text her boyfriend. So Kim is now officially a missing person. Then the police spoke with a man who said that he saw Peter just minutes before Peter was rescued. He said that he saw Peter and the submarine before it sank, saying he saw Peter go down the hatch of the submarine Mm -hmm. and then reemerge as the sub began to sink. The sub disappeared into the waters within a matter of seconds, 
And this man described Peter Madsen as completely calm the entire time and said that Peter stayed in the tower of the Nautilus until water started pouring into the tower. And then Peter swam away to safety, saving himself. Mm-hmm. And you think that he would close it so the water wouldn't get into the submarine. Yeah. There, well, there's all kinds of problems with this one. I don't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to have a full understanding of how typically submarines sink. I will. And what is the evacuation process for such? Mm-hmm. Um, but just here, here's one thing. The obvious thing is the guy stating that the man seemed to be calm. I don't think that this is a calm situation. You know, most people wouldn't behave that way as the submarine sank one and two, this is his baby. He, he built, he was one of the people that built this submarine. Well, that's where I'd argue that maybe he would be calm because he knew what the malfunction was and knew maybe there was nothing he could do about it. So therefore he remained calm. I got you. That's, you know, that's what, what I took it as. One of those things is I I know what the problem is. I was here to witness this baby go down Mm -hmm. and I know how to fix it. It's just a matter of time. I just need the right stuff. And also there's nothing that I can do about it. So I just got to let it sink. And we're also talking about a company that built this thing. Mm -hmm. So they have the money to then when it sinks, we'll go get it. We'll fix it. Mm -hmm. No big deal. Well, police quickly reviewed CCTV footage of the area where he said that he had dropped Kim off. Mm -hmm. And this was provided to them by a restaurant owner, by the owner of the the restaurant that we mentioned uh, when looking for Kim. Well, because we know that's a bad thing and you're going to get publicity saying that, you know, a very attractive lady got dropped off here and went missing from this restaurant or, or nearby. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're like, okay, that's a great way to encourage people to come to the area. Right. So they get involved. They give them the footage. Here's the strange thing though. Police do not see any sign of Kim on any of that, that closed caption footage Mm -hmm. and, or closed circuit TV footage. I'm sorry. The other thing though is Look, they had several cameras there. This wasn't like they had one little rinky dink camera and they didn't see Kim. Right. They had plenty of cameras at different angles, picking up large portions of that area. They don't see Kim more. What I find even more damning here is they don't see the sub, you know, they don't see the submarine at any time docking, letting anybody off anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, Kim, uh, maybe another woman could easily be, be mistaken for Kim or, or not for Kim or so on and so forth. But a sub is a sub, right? Right. So we have a weird situation where this this inventor, this engineer builds a sub, invites this lady onto the sh- sub to interview him. Mm-hmm. The sub sinks. Mm-hmm. So now that's strange. And then this other strange thing of him saying that he dropped her off but we have no sign of her and we have no sign of the sub. Correct. So at this point, you know, law enforcement is going, something's not right here. Well, something's not right. And you know, what's interesting to me though, is, you know, she's, she doesn't become missing until they locate him. Right. Everybody knows several people knew that, that she was last with him. Right. So once, once he's located and the sub is witnessed to have sunk to the, you know, to the bottom, and he's, he doesn't tell them until this interview. So what's weird here is where 
we know something strange and suspicious has probably happened. But at the same time, we mentioned that he didn't mention anything about Kim Wall to the rescuers or to the reporters that were in the area. Well, if he dropped her off the night before, why would he mention anything right. about her? Right. You know, he dropped her off and then boom, he had this event take place where he's in a sinking ship. So, you know, and, sinking sub. Right. So in that aspect, you start almost wanting to believe his story. Yeah. You wonder, well, what could have happened in that area and why didn't, why is there no footage of it? I'm thinking here, Captain, that the police likely doubted Peter's story from the get go mm-hmm. because authorities stated publicly at some point, and this is pretty early on in the investigation, that they actually believe that they were looking for a body. You know, while they're still continuing to look for Kim and hope and pray that she's alive, they publicly state that they think they might be looking for her body at this point. And I wonder, Peter being local, if he just came off as an odd character anyways, Mm -hmm. that would make them lean towards that. Well, actually, there was some evidence that are going to point them in this direction Mm -hmm. and it's around this same time you know when they make this public statement that they might be looking for a body this was at 5 30 p.m on that friday august 11th just hours after he had been rescued from the waters police arrested peter and placed him in what's called a quote preliminary detention which is the equivalent of preliminary criminal charges pending Mm -hmm. uh, on suspicion of involuntary manslaughter for, and this is their exact wording, for having killed in an unknown way in an unknown place Kim Isabel Frederica Wall of Sweden sometime after 5 p.m. Thursday. Okay, so pardon my stupidity, but how are they jumping from rescuing him to this? Well, um, one there was one more charge, and, and we'll get into this evidence here, which is pretty... Uh, it's, it's interesting. It's sad, but it's interesting. Mm. Um, he was also charged with indecent handling of a corpse. Now we don't know what went down during his lengthy interview. You know, we do know that he told them that he dropped her off, but the indictment revealed that Kim's DNA had been found on Peter's hands, neck, and nostrils. Hmm. Now, we should talk about this for a minute because I don't think this is something that's pretty... This isn't clear to everyone. So when somebody kills somebody and it's it's in a manner that it's up close and personal, obviously you're going to get blood and evidence of that victim on yourself, okay? Or on the perpetrator will. And so a lot of times what will happen is the offender even if they're very good at cleaning up the evidence and cleaning off the evidence of themselves, Mm -hmm. a really great spot and place for investigators to use a DNA swab is in the nostrils because that's a place that they don't, you don't see in the mirror naturally. And it's a place that they forget to clean. And they also swab the ears sometimes because in the heat of the moment, when we have blood spatter, especially if it's up close and personal and you're, if you're at a excited heightened state, you might be breathing heavily in and out, inhale, exhale. And some of that blood spatter will end up in the nostrils. Yeah. And have you seen Peter? Have I, have I seen him? Yeah. Yeah. I've seen pictures of, yeah. Of so one, he, he might have the world's largest dick nose. And then two, he probably shouldn't have been 
working on submarines, he could have probably been flying around with those giant ears he has. Well, one thing that was weird about this, there's a well-known photo of Peter, and this is when he's speaking to an officer immediately upon docking uh, with the fishing boat that rescued him. Mm-hmm. And in this photo, you can you can find this online, and you can zoom in, and you can see what appears to be either a cut or a drop of blood on his nose. Mm. And you can also see that he has uh, a dark substance underneath his fingernails. When he was examined at the hospital, they did find scratches uh, that were visible on his arms. He attributed these to injuries that came from being on the submarine as it was sinking. The authorities were able to raise the Nautilus from the depths. Turns out it was only 22 feet down. They emptied it of water and they searched the sub. They did not find Kim. They determined that the submarine had been deliberately sank. And the local media began to speculate that Peter attempted to cover up a bigger crime. Right. This speculation increased when the chief homicide investigator for the Copenhagen police said that coagulated blood was found inside the Nautilus and later was determined to belong to that of Kim Wall. The DNA that they found on him during the investigation or during the interrogation how did they do this DNA test so quickly? Uh, that I don't know. I, but, but it was done relatively fast. Well, okay. So, so let's talk about that. Because, you know, when you have, let's say somebody breaks into your home and they, they find blood at the scene, like the, maybe they broke their, their uh, they cut themselves on some glass breaking into your house. Mm-hmm. And when they take, from my experience, uh, having worked in security, Usually there's been times where we have submitted and said, Hey, look, we believe this is the DNA or evidence of the person that committed this crime. Mm -hmm. They'll take it. They'll add it to the report. They'll add it to the file with the caveat of telling you that you do know that we, if we do check this at all, it could be years. It's because it's a break in. It's a, it's a, it's a lower level crime. Nobody was harmed in the committing of that crime or killed. Yeah. And we saw this here specifically in Columbus when that that real piece of shit asshole abducted mm. that woman outside of her work mm. for no reason other than to rape and kill her. Right. And we saw how quickly they were able to provide the DNA results to that test. Right. They were on to him pretty quick. They found plenty of evidence of him at the scene where they found her body. And eventually, you know, we heard what? Was it a day or 48 hours? It was, it was very quick, very quick. So I think that we're seeing a similar situation here. Plus, you know, these different areas operate differently. We're also talking about an area that has an incredibly, incredibly low murder rate, like to the point that it's so low that it's, it's hard to even compare it to anything here. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, um, they may not have as many things waiting in line to be checked or to be tested. Right. But, it, but it's either way, it's impressive. It, it is impressive. I agree with that. So now we're left with the big question of what happened to Kim wall. Mm-hmm. We know that she was due to go on the submarine. She sent pictures of herself on there. She's waving goodbye to her boyfriend as they take off. Mm-hmm. This guy that's that's the manning the boat. I'm gonna keep <laughs> I keep referring to it as a boat, yeah, but this a, guy it's called a submarine. The guy that's Peter Madsen says he drops her off. 
Obviously, he didn't drop her off. They find evidence to to the fact that she was either injured or killed in that submarine. Yeah, and evidence that maybe she fought back. Yes. And even now that they've found and located the sub, we still don't have Kim Wall. Now, her parents, of course, were extremely devastated by their daughter's missing person status. And they issued a statement that read, quote, it is with great concern that we, her family, received the news that Kim is missing after an interview with Peter Madsen in Denmark. We sincerely hope that she will be found and that she is well. Now, the very strange thing here, though, too, Captain, is that we talked about Kim's resume as a a journalist, Mm -hmm. as somebody that traveled all over the place. I mean, she went to some very dangerous, she took on very dangerous assignments in foreign places over the years. And it's so hard to believe. And I can't imagine that anyone thought that she could be a victim in her own land after having gone to all these dangerous corners of the world in her own land, where it's considered to be one of the safest right. in the world. Well, it's just, like I said before, her passion for her job and her craft, it's, it's pretty inspiring. Well, the next day, so this is August 12th now, this is in a courtroom appearance in the involuntary manslaughter charge. Peter told the court that Kim had actually accidentally died on board in a, quote, terrible accident. He said that a 150 pound hatch had fallen and hit her on the head. Mm. She then fell to the bottom of the tower with a fatal head injury. Peter Madsen said that he panicked at that point and he used a rope to drag Kim's body up and out of the submarine to which then he said he buried it at sea. Okay. Mm. Okay. So, so one bury it, buried it at sea. Does that mean he just put it in the water? Sounds to me in the water. like it's a tossed, tossed her overboard mm-hmm. situation. And I, I, I never understand these people that say it's an accident and I freaked out. So I buried the body yeah, it, or look, tossed it out into the ocean. Right. If, if I'm in my submarine, cause I only have like three or four of them, but mm-hmm. when I'm in, when I'm in the big one, if there was an accident and I freaked out, you know what that freak out is going to consist of? Me not going around the body, me calling the cops, right? me calling an ambulance, that's me freaking out. Right. Me, what what's not freaking out is when you can grab the body, you can touch the body, you can move the body. That's not freaking out. Mm-hmm. That's you being a piece of shit. Well, and I think that's right, though. I mean, that's that would be the expected natural behavior and reaction to a horrible accident you would you would go to the person see if you can aid them and help them in any way and once that's determined that it's too late for that right it's get them some real help get them to another place you know get them in a better space well i'm calling the i'm calling 911 right away anyways because what am i going to help them with well the thing here is and we've seen this in several other cases okay this is in Peter's defense, at least a more believable story, given the information and the evidence that they now have. Right, but you can't believe him at this point because we do have evidence that he sank his own submarine. Mm-hmm. We have evidence that he lied about where he dropped her off. 
So to then all of a sudden believe this story, which doesn't point much guilt towards him, you go, wait a second. And it's for all those reasons that the authorities didn't have any, you know, they very obviously weren't buying what he was selling, trying Mm -hmm. to sell them. You know, he was, they were not going to release this guy, which only makes sense. Like you said, by his own statements, we know that he's lied at least once. And now he's admitting some form of guilt of getting rid of this corpse. Right. And we have evidence of her fighting you. We have evidence of her DNA being in your nostrils. It doesn't happen if she just dies from an accident. Well, as we said, Captain, the police pretty much arrested Peter Manson right away as they believed that he harmed or killed Kim very early on. Well, they searched his computers shortly after they arrest him. They even recreated his uh, profile, the profile of his mobile phone somehow. Mm. Now, neither his phone nor Kim's phone would ever be found. Right. So presumably, it's pretty easy to to use a little bit of imagination here and figure out that likely Peter tossed both of them into the water, right? Right, but you'd, you'd think they'd be able to retrieve the records or even maybe the text messages. They did not anticipate what they are going to find on his computers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, some people have pornographic material on their computers. Well, what they found on his computer was not just regular porn. Right. Uh, police discovered more than 40 videos on Peter's laptop that appeared to show women being strangled, hanged, decapitated, skinned, sexually impaled, and tortured. Some of these videos were animations. But one in particular of a woman being beheaded was d- deemed by authorities to be real, or at least they believed it to be real. Other hard drives owned by... Wait, so, so we have videos of women being tied up and, and choked, and, and that's, you know, that's one level. But then we have where they think this video, this decapitation video... They actually think it's real. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. So some of them, like I said, some of them were animated videos and others were probably dramatizations or, or the real deal. Now, all I have is their statements, what they said to the public. And I don't know how many of these were animations, how many were dramatizations, how many were thought to be real. But this one, there was one uh, in particular that the authorities that viewed this material stated they believed it to be real. That'd be my luck, they would say. Captain, go in the corner, watch these videos. Let us know what you think. That'd be my first day on the job. Well, they also checked out other hard drives owned by Peter, and mm-hmm. this contained over 100 additional videos of that were all similar in nature. Some of these went back as long as 2004. So meaning he was downloading these as early as 2004. Mm. Peter's phone contained seven texts regarding impaling women in the genital region. Even more distressing. Mm. Authorities were able to determine that Peter had actually searched for and watched some of these videos, meaning, meaning he didn't just stumble upon some of the videos that were on his hard drives. Right. Some of them he was searching for or believed to be searched for because they could find terms that he was using when searching 
And the terms he was using were executions and dismemberment. And starting in March of 2017, yeah. these searches continued into July and August of last year as well. Most horrifyingly, the night before Kim boarded the submarine, Peter Googled beheaded girl agony and watched the video that showed up when, as a result of that search. Do they think that one was real or does it matter? Uh, I don't have their opinion on this one, but I do know some of the details of that video. It's, it's a video that was entitled young woman in pain as she slowly, as she slowly beheaded with a small knife. Hmm. Now, it's, you know, and there's been, you know, beheading videos that terrorists have posted online, and I know that people have watched them. Mm-hmm. I have never been able to bring myself to watch one. And then you have this guy that's watching these for sexual gratification. I mean, he's he's watching a woman be decapitated while he's playing a game of flicky flicky. Well, at least that's what it's titled. Um, I, I don't know that that's what exactly right, 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 was right. depicted in that well, video. Well, not in that video, but we have the police stating that one of the videos they think is real. Right. So again, I mean, and this go, I think this goes beyond because they always kind of talk about, you know, you know, watching too much pornography will desensitize you on some level, but this is a whole different level. This is not even being desensitized. This is somebody that has. Well, and I wouldn't even call this pornography at this point. Right. I mean, this this is, this is, it's they're snuff films, you know, they're, they're torture porn snuff films. Right. But right. You know, it's, it's not even pornography. Right. But it's like you, to me, it's like, you wonder how, what was broken in this guy's brain. Mm-hmm. To, to make him think that this is okay to be watching. Well, in in fairness, I guess, to Peter, he did deny that these videos were his, uh, pointing out that all the videos that were found were found on computers that were accessible by others, including his phone, mm-hmm. uh, including um, interns that worked at his office. Uh, He stuck to this story for a little while, but he did later fess up to having watched these videos. Um, For his part, he did. He denied deriving any sexual pleasure from these torture and snuff films. Mm. He said to the authorities that he watched them to feel quote, strong emotions end quote. And also Quote, I watched these videos to cry and feel emotions, he said. Mm. Okay, so if we believe him, which I which I don't, but if we do believe him, yeah, maybe um I mean look and I hate to compare Peter to like a Elon Musk, but it's like you know, I was watching the interview with Elon Musk and Joe Rogan and there's times where Elon and you see this with um, the Facebook creator. Zuckerberg? Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg. Where almost computer-like, they start talking sometimes and you and you wonder how they seem to have such lack of emotion. So it's like, if you do believe what Peter is saying, 
is he did he get that far gone mentally where he's like I, I don't I don't feel anything mm-hmm. good or bad. I, I think there's evidence that shows that he's not just watching it for what he's saying, but again, there's there's some mental break there. You you have to be a pretty sick individual to be saying I don't feel anything, so I have to watch something this awful to just create some kind of emotion in me. Well, if we're to believe him, that means he's dead inside. Right. He's dead inside. He's void of emotion Yeah. by his own statement. And if we don't believe him, and which I think is probably more likely, if not, you could have a combination of both. But then that you, means yeah, that... Yeah, you could. That means that the other alternative would be that he is deriving sexual pleasure from watching these videos. Right. And when he states that, you know, and then I'd cry. Well, I think afterwards, like I said, if there's something broken inside you, you might cry after this because you're going, what the hell is wrong with me? Why am I having to watch this to, to, you know, get off during a game of flicky flicky. I mean, so I just, I don't know. It's just, it's so bizarre. But he didn't feel that bad, did he? Let's say he did cry. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's let's say he by his own words, he cried to feel emotion. Whatever emotions he was feeling, they weren't bad enough for him to stop watching this shit. No, no. No, so he didn't feel that bad. He may have felt a let's say he did I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He felt bad in the moment. If you truly feel bad about something, if you truly feel bad about something, he's 100% or should be 100% in control of this despicable action that he's doing repetitiously. Right. But this, he could, he at any time could stop or seek help for this. Right. On a psychology level, that's what makes me wonder. It's like, you, you, I mean, you look at a Dahmer or somebody like the fantasies that Dahmer was having were very odd fantasies. And, and so it's, it's, it goes back to, was this individual born broken or did they get broken? You see what I mean? So I, it's just, I wonder what the hell happened for him to get to this point or if, or if he was just made this sick. So hopefully everybody is all caught up on all of our episodes. If not, it's very easy. They are available to you for free, all of the old episodes on the Stitcher app. We'll have the conclusion of Kim Wall's case tomorrow. Until then, be good, be kind, and don't litter. you are bpm's high sweat dripping body moving tongue panting you're working hard real hard and you're thirsty you need vitamins nutrients for peak performance and energy and your plants do too Aww. i mean just look at the little guy 
Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. 